reconcile al elam sadika and alhamdulillah it's uh, that time uh, of uh, the show where we welcome a world renowned broadcaster my colleague uh, in broadcasting field the well renowned political analyst uh, producer director hey, the superlatives i'm running out of it inayat wadi assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and tell me how you doing this fine uh, beautiful evening wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh alhamdulillah doing exceptionally well uh, shafat uh, obviously overwhelmed with what is taking place uh, in palestine and uh, in gaza in particular and uh, assalamu alaikum to all your listeners Oh, Waalaikum Salaam, and I can tell you, you are so busy. I'm watching all the interviews you're doing, and you know, uh, let's talk about uh, Palestine. And you know, you're going to uh, uh, Dr. Mads, uh, you're going to host him, and so forth. You know, the medical aid and all that. I mean, how heavily compromised they are in Palestine. And the last time I know, when a doctor was here at NMJ, it was yourself, Ibrahim Genghis, and I played a small role. You know, when I welcomed him on on stage, also bringing him back. You know, the relevance, and uh, maybe as a medical. man what is the reasoning behind uh, bringing uh, this uh, legend back uh, inayat well he is a legend in more ways than one uh, dr meskil bachavad is a norwegian uh, physician he's a professor at the arctic university in norway and uh, he is a specialist in emergency medicine now he's been providing emergency trauma care for a very very long time and in gaza for close on to four decades so we're talking about 40 years he knows the terrain of gaza he knows every inch of Gaza he knows all the hospitals in Gaza and where he is right now he is he's in Egypt right now and he's got his medical team at the Rafah crossing waiting for the Rafah crossing to open up waiting for uh, to go in with his medical team and uh, he's been working with Palestinian health care since 1981 uh, he's provided uh, emergency medical assistance he's been teaching at the medical universities in Gaza he's been Uh, during past major bombardments in 2006 2009 2012 and 2014 and annually he travels to Gaza in fact his last trip to Gaza was in June this year where he uh, teaches he treats he researches and he actually participates very very actively to improve uh, Gaza's healthcare with his colleagues so he is so well placed uh, in fact we heard about the bombing of the Al-Shifa hospital or close to the Al-Shifa hospital as well he's worked there he's delivered trauma emergency medical care at both the Al-Shifa hospital at the Al-Quds hospital and he is an expert you know we talking about mass casualties and uh, his uh, work we can only describe it as medical solidarity work because this is what he does he supports the medical staff in Gaza and at the same time he is an activist he is very very uh, uh, you know outspoken and recently uh, there have been many interviews he's been in demand on the world stage some by some major media houses and he's been talking he's been talking about uh, the cutting off of water of food of fuel of medicine communications and uh, he has he doesn't uh, hold back when it comes to condemnation of the repeated bombing and targeting of the medical facilities and health workers in Gaza so far 
No, as you so eloquently said, uh, you know, trauma. Trauma is something else. I mean, here you have babies, you have children, you have uh, you know individuals uh, that are being operated without uh, anesthetic. There is uh, nothing to numb them. Some are just reading the Quran and all that. Uh, you know, uh, we go through this uh, scenario. But uh, talking about uh, the doctor himself, you know, many years ago he was here, and uh, the story was the same. I mean, the bombing of hospital, and he was in 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 a war zone and feeling all that uh, oppression. But uh, what we're seeing now in Gaza is a hundred times worse uh, in ice. Well, definitely. In fact, uh, Dr. Mass Gilbert himself have, has actually described this in one of the interviews that we had with him, that he himself hasn't seen anything like this before. And this is unprecedented in terms of the carnage, the brutality, and the manner in which this has unfolded. And this is the reason why we are actually bringing him to South Africa Remember, he is in contact with people in Gaza. He is in contact with the people at the hospitals. So he's trying to get daily updates uh, on what is happening in Gaza. And this is the reason when he comes to South Africa and we're going to expose him actually across the board, uh, across all sections of South African society. We talk of media, we talk of mainstream media. And uh, the one specific uh, request he has made is, he says, don't only expose me to a Muslim audience because it will be like preaching to the converted because Muslims understand the pain and the suffering of the people of Gaza. But he says, I want to reach out far and wide this time around. And this is the reason why we're, 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 uh, when we're looking at the events that are taking place and we've got events, he's here for a very short time and he's going to be back-to-back events in all the major cities right across the entire country, starting off in Joburg, then we're looking at Durban, we're looking at Pretoria, Port Elizabeth, Cape Town. He's going across to the cities to meet a cross-section of people across all walks of life, uh, civil, civil society, activists, uh, Palestine solidarity groups, trade unions, uh, politicians as well. And uh, uh, as much as possible, we'd like to actually give coverage uh, to the mainstream media because we know what is happening with the narrative as far as the mainstream media is concerned where they obtain their stories, where they get their narrative. Until now, they still firmly believe, despite uh, being debunked of the 40 babies that were beheaded and uh, out of the White House, they denied that this was the case, and uh, even out of Israel. But yet we have mainstream media, yet we have people that still uh, push this narrative and condemn Hamas uh, for something that is fake, for something that is a lie. Uh, the state of Israel alone was actually built on the line. So all of that put together and to have somebody like Dr. Mesby Gilbert coming here to South Africa to, 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 to produce the hard facts, but also at the same time to debunk a lot of the fake news and uh, for people to also to come to terms with what the real situation is on the ground, what is the true reality as far as this carnage, this brutality and this genocide goes. Yeah, uh, you're talking about the beheadings, even uh, uh, the Freedom Front Plus in Parliament uh, questioned Nalidi Pando and he said, you know, is this your stance of the ANC government? She said, listen, this is not a stance. I'm giving you facts and this is what the American government has retracted, the big lie of the beheadings. So there's no such thing. And, and still, some people, you know, they have the preconceived conclusion, they're opinionated or they have a biasness. They will want to believe that narrative because the innate, uh, you know, innate uh, hatred for Islam and, uh, you know, this uh, phobia they have because it suits uh, perhaps uh, their agenda 
to have, you know, Islam as an enemy. Uh, look at uh, the uh, context in our country, the uh, Jewish Board of Deputies, I mean, busy with balloons and with these posters and putting babies' pictures up and saying, kidnapped, kidnapped. Uh, there's no substance to it, there's no proof to that. And uh, Alhamdulillah, good to see we are counteracting. And as you said, it seems as if we're having in the counting region the battle of the billboards. Uh, what's your thoughts there, Yunais? Well, I've seen some of those billboards, uh, Shafat, and uh, Alhamdulillah, in fact, uh, you know, we've got people that are so sincere in uh, this Palestine cause, and uh, I know people at personal expense, actually, that are putting up this billboard because they care, they feel, they know exactly what is happening, you know, to the people of Palestine, and at the end of the day, to create the awareness, and uh, yes, so we've seen uh, the billboards come through from the other side, you speak about the balloons, and uh, I know certain areas, shopping malls, but again, when one looks at, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Zionist uh, lobby in South Africa trying to counter, they know uh, for the fact that, you know, you speak about Naledi Pandor and the Freedom Front Plus and that uh, question that was raised in Parliament, I personally saw that as well. But this is a narrative that Front Plus and some of the supporters actually buy into. And again, it's playing a victim mentality and we know that uh, this Zionist state of Israel are past masters at playing victim mentality. And over and over again, we're hearing this, we hear it in mainstream media, we hear it with interviews that are conducted right across the entire world, that they seem to be stuck only on one issue. Uh, do you condemn Hamas for killing 1,400 people, for beating babies, for taking 200 hostages? And here again, it's a question of language. When one looks at the language that he's speaking about as well, they speak of hostages. We speak of prisoners of war. And we shouldn't be shy about using these terms because this is what we need to call, uh, you know, uh, in terms of our language, in terms of uh, what Israel is. And uh, in, in every way whatsoever, when we talk about it, we talk about this as a conflict. We don't talk about this thing as a war because these are not two armies that are fighting against each other. We will call it for what it is. We will call it ethnic cleansing. We will call it terrorism, a state terrorism, state-sponsored terrorism. We will call it a genocide. We will call it atrocities. We will call it crimes against humanity. These are the terms. And this is where, uh, when one looks at this victim mentality, uh, they use this terminology like hostages and like babies and all of that to garner support. But uh, you can't pull people all the time. The reality on the ground, Shafat, is over 10,000 people that are killed in Gaza. The reality on the ground is 70% of those are women and children that have been kill killed. The reality on the ground is hundreds and thousands of homes of ordinary people have been uh, flattened to the ground. The reality on the ground, hospitals are being bombed and targeted. The reality on the ground, like you mentioned, anesthetic as well. You know, it, uh, without, without anesthetic, people are operating. They're operating among, in, in rubble. All of that, and these are the hard facts. This is the reality, and this is the picture, and this is the picture that we have a responsibility to paint. And uh, people, as I mentioned, are not fooled. In fact, when you look at South Africa, uh, there are very few that have actually bought into the Israeli narrative. And we just over and over again, we've seen it with our government as well. They have not bought into the Israeli narrative, and this is the reason why they have actually called back the, 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 the diplomatic staff in Israel to come say, listen, you need to come back. And this is going to be the call, not only in South Africa, this is going to call right across the entire African continent. 
because we know what colonialism is about, we know what imperialism is about, we know what subjugation is about, we know what racism is all about, and all of that put together is now going to another level where we are becoming uh, victims of fascism, we are becoming victims of a holocaust in every sense of the word. Now, in either, you know, I'd like to move a little further and, you know, listening to different polit uh, political analysts, both you and I do that on a very regular basis. Some of them are saying that we as Muslims, you know, we play the blame game. Uh, you know, sometimes our Muslim leaders, if they do good, uh, we look for an excuse uh, to denigrate them. And when they are quiet about things, uh, we try and denigrate them. We are never happy people. But he says uh, behind the scenes, according to this uh, analyst, uh, he says... Uh, According to Shahid Bolson, actually, he, uh, he's in mind now. Uh, he says uh, the Arab leaders are working fervently behind the scenes and, uh, you know, trying to polarize America and Israel and uh, that, you know, uh, they're not getting into Gaza and all that. We shouldn't read too much into that. But behind the scenes, it is as if the Arab world will soon win. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Inayat? I'll give you just one simple answer to this. Do we need the permission of Israel? Do we need the permission of the United States mm. of America? Do we need the permission of the United Nations? Forget sending arms. Forget sending your army. And we know some of the most sophisticated weapons, some of the most sophisticated armies, uh, the numbers in the Muslim armies alone speak volumes. But do we need their permission even to send a glass of water to somebody in Gaza, someone that is dying of thirst? Do we need the permission to send a grain of food to the people of Gaza? That alone, Shafat, should tell you about this diplomacy that is playing out in the background because that they haven't even succeeded on. Because at this point in time, Israel is dictating and uh, sadly, the world Muslim leadership, when one breaks down the leadership, there are those that are actively supporting Israel in this, like the United Arab Emirates, okay? We've heard about Emirates planes landing in the Negev desert uh, carrying Israeli military equipment. We see the neighbors, we're looking at Jordan, you're looking at Egypt, armies, very, very strong armies. In fact, I met an Egyptian and he mentioned to me that there are elements within the army that are ready to go out and go and fight but their hands are tied. They can do absolutely nothing. You've got a government like the CC government, Mohammed Morsi, when he was in power for the brief period, he opened the Gaza crossing to the people of, uh, of Gaza to come in and out to seek medical treatment for whatever reason. Mohammed Morsi was taken out for a reason because of his relationship with the people of Palestine. He belonged to the Ikhwan Muslimin. We know the Ikhwan was neutralized after Mohammed Morsi was taken out and also they were neutralized in many other parts around the Arab world. So that alone tells you that they have absolutely no interest as far as uh, the people of Gaza is concerned. The same would go for the bigger countries. Saudi Arabia, if you look at Yemen, Yemen wanted to enter this war. Who is intercepting the Yemeni missiles that are going to Israel? They're coming from the American bases that are based in Saudi Arabia. So that alone tells you, you're looking at other parts around the world, you're looking at Erdogan as well. Erdogan is brilliant at making speeches, but yes, he's recalled the ambassador, but the trade is still carrying on. Economic benefit. So all of this at the end of the day uh, is about the economic relationship that these Arab countries, 
enjoy directly or indirectly with Israel through the likes of the United States of America. And this is the reason why we're saying is that quiet diplomacy is not working. We need to call a spade a spade. And at the end of the day, uh, how can we even think? How can we even hmm. think about uh, this diplomacy when you see these pictures, when you see these horrific pictures of people being slaughtered day in and day out? And that is not only about Gaza. When one looks at what's taking place in West Bank, and let us not take our eye off in what's happening in Jerusalem as we speak right now. Jerusalem is in a permanent curfew situation. Nobody can get in and out of the old city. No goods can come in. The shops are running empty. People are like standing in a line like sheep, like like Kurbani, ready to be slaughtered. This is exactly what's happening. When we look at Itama Ben Gavir, he made a statement. He says, our victory is near and we will be celebrating this victory in Al-Aqsa. So when he makes statements like this, where are all these Muslim countries? Quiet diplomacy. I'm sorry, Shafat, it's not working. You know, I uh, love what you said there. And uh, you gave us proof. Uh, the Quran says, burhanukum in kuntum Bring me a proof if you're truthful. And as a journalist, I give you 10 out of 10 there in Uh Let's talk about Zionism. Uh, this is a Zionist agenda. Uh, Zionism had, uh, you know, uh, captured uh, the American uh, Congress, APAC, and so forth. And uh, then uh, when you go to uh, Britain, Britain is run by these uh, Zionist entities. You can see uh, Sunak pro-Zionist and what he does and so forth. What I'd like to know from you, you know, there's a Hindi uh, Sanskrit a proverb which says, he whom the Lord wants to destroy, he first makes mad. We are seeing how mad and how insane the Zionist movement has gone. We can see Benjamin Netanyahu knows no other language than uh, to be uh, bitter, cruel, and uh, be genocidal. What's your thoughts? Uh, is uh, Zionism on its way out? They've gone mad. The Lord's going to destroy them soon in night. Your thoughts? Well, if Benjamin Netanyahu could make his own psychologist mad and the man committed suicide, <laughs> Shafat, what more can I say? When Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Exactly the point. And, 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 and his days are numbered. Definitely his days are numbered. And I think also when one looks at uh, uh, all these other countries, you speak about Sunak, you speak of uh, uh, Joe Biden, you talk about the likes of the United States of America, when one just looks at the magnitude of the protests that are taking place right across the world and in those countries, in Washington, D.C. alone, over the weekend, there was a protest with 400,000 people that came out in the streets. And we're not talking about Muslims. We're talking about people from all walks of life in the United States of America, including Jews that have been part and parcel of the protest. We see it happening in Britain, in Israel, within Israel as well. There are people that are paying for blood. They are crying for Benjamin Netanyahu's head. I mean, they themselves are actually being abused. We've seen water cannons. We've seen scuffles break out between the, uh, the, the, the Zionist police and, and, and ordinary Jews in the streets of Tel Aviv and some of the other cities. So definitely, his days are numbered. And like you mentioned, that saying uh, is very, very true because this is exactly what he's, he's going to go. He's going to go crazy. And remember that at the end of the day, it is not about the might of the Israeli army. It is not about the number of soldiers. It is not all about the sophistication that they have. At the end of the day, it is the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control. And recently, we've been hearing of a lot more reports where a lot of damage is being done to the Israeli military as they, uh, they, 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 they started off the ground invasion. 
daily we are getting reports uh, about the, the, the extent of the damage. And that damage is also being hidden away via to the Israeli public. So none of that is actually coming out. You know, everybody speaks about the 1,400 people that were killed, the 200 uh, hostages. Those were not hostages. Those were prisoners of war. And we need to call them out that they were prisoners of war that were taken in. Remember the settlers that come in. What did the settlers want? They came, they stole, they stole land that belonged to the people of Palestine. They came from other countries. They stole land, so they're very much part and parcel of this entire Zionist agenda that has been playing out. Now, Inayita, you know, when you talk, you, you, you really, you bring the best out in anyone. Uh, be, will you say Gaza is a tipping point, is a tipping point where the thinkers of the world are, you know, all getting together, and uh, soon we'll be seeing the uh, downfall or the dismantling of the Zionist conglomerates and the West in general, who have been a racist, apartheid, uh, you know, um, uh, I mean, uh, let's be apartheid, uh, they, they're embracing apartheid. You can see they're racist by the very nature. The, you know, when I talk about West, you know what I'm talking about, Inayat? Shafad, Palestine has been the tipping point for a very, very long time, okay? And this latest massacre, this genocide, is actually going to take this tipping point that you speak about to a next level. When we talk of Palestine, we don't talk about Palestine as a nation only. We talk of Palestine, we know it has been the cradle of civilization. There are many, many evidences for this. But Palestine is a cause. Palestine is a cause for humanity. It is a cause for justice. It is a cause that stands against imperialism. A cause that is there to get rid of Zionist cancer, which is a cancer to all humanity. And this has not only come about in the 75 years since the, state, uh, the creation of this illegitimate state of Israel. This cancer has existed for over 400 years. And the world has come to realize the damage that this Zionist state of Israel has done to the rest of the world. We must also remember in 400 years, each and every nation has suffered at the hands of the Zionists if we go back into history. And I know many people only focus on the 75 years since Israel officially became the state of Israel. But we shouldn't be mincing our words because at the end of the day, this state is a killer state. It is a murderous state. And there is no room for condemnation of the state in passive words. People are watching. It is painful. It is painful watching what is unfolding in this Mubarak land of Palestine. We see all the oppression, the genocidal, the merciless, the murderous regime uh, and the Zionist uh, military uh, machine at work. But the world has come to terms, Shafat. The world has realized, and when we speak about the stepping point, yes, this is just the beginning where of, uh, of a lot more to come. And, and, and this has the potential of actually changing the history of the Mubarak land and the Muslim world in general. It, it has the potential of changing it forever. Now, before I let you go, these Arab, well, these Israelis that are running away from Israel and getting into the Amaratis and they're getting, uh, you know, uh, citizenship just like that. They can live there, they can buy homes, they can buy cars, they can get married, and they can do whatever and whatever. Wouldn't this be at the uh, peril of uh, the, you know, the Arabian Peninsula? What's your thoughts? Well, it certainly is, and uh, interesting that you speak about the Emirates in particular and the amount of Israel that are in, uh, in, in, in the Emirates. 
The other day, I was actually reading up on an article on the number of millionaires in the United Arab Emirates, and uh, you will be shocked that a large number of these millionaires in the United Arab Emirates are Zionists, are Jews as well. Because seen, they've seen what the Emirates is all about, what the Emirates has got to offer, and this is the reason why the Emirates is so closely associated with, uh, with, uh, 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 with Israel. Uh, I'll give you another example. A few months ago, we had Abir Zayad that was here in South Africa. And the one question I asked her is, I said, you know, what do the Palestinians think of the Arab world? What do they think of the Emirates? And she says the people that are most hated by the Palestinians are the Emiratis. Even when they're into Palestine, even when they throw uh, offer food to the people of Palestine, that food is thrown back into their faces. The Emiratis get special treatment when they come to Masjid al-Aqsa. They get escorted by the Israeli police. They get escorted through a separate entrance. So this is the close relationship. And remember, Emiratis were the first to actually normalize relations with Israel. And this is when the others, Morocco, Bahrain, uh, Sudan, those had actually followed suit as well in Saudi Arabia until all Gaza thing happened. Saudi Arabia was on the verge of normalizing with Israel as well. So what I'm saying is the Arab world, when you're looking at, uh, uh, you're looking at it on the ground, there is a lot of anger on the ground. There is huge anger from ordinary Arab people. It is the government. It is the government, and uh, they are walking on a tightrope, and the red line has basically been drawn that uh, the people on the ground know what the reality, but unfortunately, the hands are tied. But at some point in time, the bubble will burst Shafat. And thus, again, when one looks at the Arab world, inshallah, we hope that we will be a different Arab world with uh, or, uh, in the aftermath of this uh, genocide that has unfolded again. Your informed opinion, uh, really appreciated, uh, Inayat. Uh, your parting words uh, before I let you go. Well, Shabbat, uh, you know, we will continue with whatever we need to do. We are on the path of Haq, we are on the path of justice. And uh, the Palestinians uh, together, you know, they've kept legs of the Muslim Ummah flying high on their stage of resistance. And uh, it is up to us to support them in any way, every way, uh, whatsoever. And uh, again, uh, you know, we shouldn't be buying into these false narratives. The unity of the Muslim Ummah is required more than ever right now. It's uh, not the time for us to be pointing fingers and to find fault in the people of Palestine. They are going through a lot. This is about truth versus falsehood. This is about evil versus virtue. This is about oppression versus freedom. And uh, this is the struggle of the people of Palestine. So our call should continue as far as Palestine is concerned. We need to continue calling for the liberation of Palestine. We should make dua. We should offer our unwavering solidarity with the people of uh, Palestine. We need to persist in our uh, efforts to, 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 to raise awareness so that we become their voices. We amplify their voices. And firmly, firmly, firmly supplicate, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our affairs and at the same time to make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them mercy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them patience, make them even more steadfast and more importantly, grant them victory over the oppressors. Amin, Inayta. You have a blessed evening ahead, inshallah. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi Always a pleasure talking with you, Shafat, and uh, please take care. That feeling is a reciprocal.